to your weekly accountability podcast with me, Alexis McCluskey, where we are more about implementation over absorbing information. Every week, I'll be in your ear to give you a kick in the ass you need to show up and identify what is out of your comfort zone. Here, we don't throw pity parties. We are in it for the long game and find the balance between grace and discipline. What makes this podcast different is after each episode, I'll share a post on my Instagram at the tough love coach with a question or challenge of the week for you to comment for accountability. And on Friday, I'll share a check in to see if you actually implemented what you learned because being inspired by a podcast is cute, but action is hotter. Totally optional, highly recommended. It's free accountability. I'm here to redefine what you see as tough love. So put on those big girl and boy panties and let's get real bitches. XOXO, your tough love coach. What is up? Hi, happy Monday. I'm back. Did you miss me? I feel like the past three weeks for me have been, has been, have been, I don't know. My brain is complete mush. Um, Has, have been (laughs) absolute chaos, but also chill at the same time. I went to EDC music festival, which was so much fun. I would never do it again though. For anybody that's been to festivals before, um, it was one of those festivals where I'm glad I did it and I'm glad, I'm glad I had the experience, but I don't think I'd do it again unless I camped because the festival was insane in terms of the travel time to get there. So the festival doesn't start till 7 p.m. and it goes till 5.30 a.m. We didn't stay till 5.30 any of the days. I think the latest we stayed was five, uh, but we were at a hotel on the Strip. And so we had, it was a 25-minute walk from our hotel to the shuttle. Then you had to wait like, 15 to 20 minutes, maybe even longer for the, to get on the shuttle. Cause there was a line of people. And then you would, and you also had to go through security because you go through security before you get on the shuttle. Then the shuttle is a literal 50 to 60 minute ride to the festival. Cause it's not on the strip. It's away from the, the strip. And then you get there and then it's another like 10 minute walk into the festival. And then, so you do that to get there. Then you have to get to the festival early enough so you don't hit traffic. So you have to be there by like seven or eight. And then you're there from seven or 8 PM all the way to like four or 5 AM. And then you have to go repeat that shuttle process all over again. That's only if you do the shuttles, if you camp, which I think would be really cool. You're already at the festival. You're camping there. You don't have to worry about anything at the strip. Everything's there, which I think is really cool. But the festival's just a lot. It's just, there's a lot going on. It's very overstimulating. There's so many people there. There's not a lot of room. Uh, I also sprained my ankle. So I was on one of those like knee scooters where you put your knee on top of the thing and just scoot around. Most of the festival is, it's a racetrack, so it's concrete. So it's fun to like ride around and that helped a lot. But then at Cosmic Meadow is one of the only festival or one of the only stages that has grass and that was hard, but uh, it was just, it was fun. But so I went to that. Then I came home on a red eye or no, not a red eye. Was it a red eye? No, I got home at like midnight. Then the next day I was taking a red eye to go to Maine for my friend's bachelorette party. So I was not even home for 24 hours. So I had to like unpack, do laundry, pack again. And then I was off to Maine. And so I went to Maine. We had the bachelorette party in New Hampshire because it wasn't that far from where she was in Maine. That was so much fun. I made all the girls in the bachelorette party were so much fun. I feel like we like were best friends all weekend. It was so much fun. Um, And New Hampshire and Maine are just absolutely gorgeous. I've never been there before. I've been to Massachusetts once, which is like slightly in the area, but not necessarily. But Maine and New Hampshire were just absolutely gorgeous. So into that, then because I didn't want to fly home and fly back because she was having her wedding the next weekend, I decided to just go home, but the flights were ridiculous. So I was like, let me take the train. So I took the train 
And it was also a bus ride, which I didn't realize when I first booked the ticket, but whatever. And it was Memorial Day weekend. So it was just a lot. There was some crazy people on the bus. So I took a two-hour bus and then a six-hour train both ways. And I was only home for 48 hours. And then I had to go do it again to fly or to, to take the train back to be there for the wedding because I was in the wedding. So I was at the rehearsal dinner, all the fun stuff. So it was a really fun time. I was gone. I don't even count the day I was here after EDC because I was home for like less than 24 hours. So I, I was basically gone for three weeks. I missed my dogs. I missed my routine. I am such a routine person. And what I'm learning, I learned a lot about this traveling for that long is that I'm a very disciplined person, but when I'm out of my routine, it can be a lot harder for me to stay in my discipline. Now, the thing, and this isn't even what this episode's about, but I just kind of want to talk about this. One thing I talk about with people who do struggle with that, they're like, I'm really good with routines, but then once I get busy or shit hits the fan or life gets crazy or I go on vacation, I can't hold my routine at all, which usually means that you have all or nothing thinking. So the reason why I can still have somewhat of routine, I'm definitely not as disciplined as I normally am, which I think is just a normal human thing. But but the the way I stay on that track somewhat and still do some workouts, still eat somewhat healthy, still have somewhat of a morning routine is I do a little bit of something versus nothing. And I talk about this a lot, but I think that all or nothing thinking has to get thrown out of the way. So if you're traveling this summer and you own your own business or you're trying to stay on track with things, maybe just your workouts, your nutrition, whatever, remember it is a balance. If you throw it all out the window because you're like, I'm on vacation, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can totally do that and there's going to be nothing wrong with that, but you're probably not going to feel the best. And it's going to be harder for you to get back into a routine once you come back to your routine. But if you can create this solid foundation when you're at home and you have a routine, but you make a mini version of that when you go on vacation, when you get really busy, when you're doing whatever else you're doing, you can still do a little bit of something because it's not like, oh, I need an hour long workout or, oh, I need to eat perfect or it's not worth it. No, there's no like, I want to do this or it's not worth it. We want to do a little bit of something. That way we keep our routine. So when we get back, it's much easier. So that's where I am today. I just got home today on a flight. I'm recording this on Monday. Podcast was going to be out today, but I didn't get a chance to record it on my phone yesterday because our travel was a little bit um, unexpected, which has just been that way. I feel like the entire time I traveled, uh, but I'm here and I'm excited to, to record this for you. So today I want to talk about how to make friends with your ADHD. So listen, if you treat your friend like shit, they're probably not going to want to be your friend, right? ADHD is the same way. And I, and I think I talked about this when I had my masterclass, I wasn't a masterclass. I forget if it was a masterclass or if it was a, if it was like a one-off training, but it was like becoming besties with money. And so I think it was a theme for my tough love collective. I think that was like the theme of the month was like becoming besties with, with money, but same with ADHD, whether you, and this is also if, whether you've been diagnosed for years, you just got a diagnosis or think you have ADHD, you want to make friends with the ups and the downs and the struggles and the benefits of everything that comes with it comes with ADHD. If you have a friend and you have a solid relationship And I can't tell you how to have a friendship or have a relationship, but most of the time we accept each other's flaws. We know that there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be maybe some things they do that doesn't really feel like they're being a good friend. And we're going to do the same thing. We never, anything's totally egregious, but we know that there's just going to be, it's going to be a roller coaster. So becoming friends with your ADHD is just like building a solid relationship. Again, whether that's like platonic or romantic. When you give yourself grace, when you know more about the needs of ADHD, as if she was a friend, 
what makes her angry, what triggers her, what makes her happy and feed her the soul food she needs, you can thrive in that relationship. And he, she, they doesn't matter, but they are going to thrive. You are going to thrive. If you say mean things to them, get frustrated with the way that they are and expect them to be like everyone else, that is just going to create tension in the relationship. So I want to share uh, some some clusters of things. If you're new to ADHD, I want to share some things. And I made a social, uh, Instagram post about this, but I, I want to share it here as well because I want to do a little bit of a deeper dive. And then I want to share same kind of cluster. But for those of you who have been diagnosed for a while, um, maybe you already have a good understanding and you you want to still just improve that relationship. So uh, like I said, I made, I made a post on Instagram recently and uh, what I wanted to do a little bit of a deeper dive of these eight things that you can do, um, when you get a new ADHD diagnosis. And even though this post was about what do you do when you get a new ADHD diagnosis, I really was looking over them and I was like, these are honestly perfect for becoming besties with your ADHD. Because if you just look at your ADHD as this burden and I'm never going to heal from it. And it's always going to be this thing. And it's, you know, it just doesn't feel good. So let's, let's dive into this. So number one, learn more about it, whether that's reading books, listening to podcasts. If you're looking for a book, I've probably talked about it 150 times on this podcast, but ADHD 2.0, I forget the author off the top of my head, but just search ADHD 2.0. It's going to come up. It's like a white background with like teal colored letters. I think like teal and purple, maybe, but learn more about it. When you have a better understanding of something, you are going to put forth the effort even more because you understand yourself. If you don't understand something and you don't really care to understand it, you're not going to, you're not going to go out of your way to understand that. Right. I think I, on a past episode, I talked about, um, being bad at math and how the reason why I'm bad at math is because I say I'm bad at math. I don't have an interest in being better at math. So I don't do anything to improve my relationship with math. So of course I'm never going to get good at it. But ADHD is not going away. So if you learn more about it, and I'm not just talking about the, the characteristics, I'm talking about what executive dysfunction is, what time blindness is, what rejection sensitivity dysphoria is, what are the parts of your brain that are doing different things? What's producing dopamine? What's uh, producing an epinephrine? What, like, think about these things. And you don't have to become a scientist, but the more you learn about it, the more you learn about how you tick. It's just going to help you understand yourself, which is also going to help your people around you understand it better. You can't expect the people around you to understand it more than you do. So if you don't know anything, that's not going to help. Number two, understand what traits you have. Not everyone is the same. So when it comes to ADHD, so you you can make a list according to what you want to focus on and uh, work to improve and shift and change those things. So for example, like I don't resonate with every single characteristic that's that, um, you know, comes with ADHD. I feel like I'm a very ADHD person, but there are some characteristics that like I just don't resonate with. There's a lot of people that, you know, don't resonate with like the hyperactivity or having a lot of energy. Not everybody necessarily has that. Some people actually struggle with the opposite. So if you understand how ADHD affects you personally, that's just going to improve again. Same as a best friend. You want to learn more about your friend, what their favorite things are, what their coffee order is, what makes them mad, what triggers them. You don't have to walk on eggshells around a friend all the time, but understanding them is going to help you be a better friend. Same thing with your relationship with yourself and ADHD. So number three, this kind of goes along with number two is pick a weekly or monthly focus and have that be the thing that you're going to focus on for that week and that month. It can be like, you're going to learn all about executive dysfunction, or you're going to learn all about 
what brain scans and ADHD say, or you're going to learn about how to get better with time management when it comes to ADHD. And that's going to be your focus for the week or for the month. And you can um, look up hashtags on Instagram. You can look up videos on YouTube. Just use certain keywords and like make an effort, like put yourself into school. And yes, this takes a little bit of accountability and discipline, but even if you just like, let's say you made it your monthly focus, like two times a week or three times a week, you spent 20 or 30 minutes just like learning more about ADHD. And that could literally just be reading, but that would change your life. I can promise you that. Number four is ask yourself if you want or even need medication or if you want to supplement naturally. I don't think there is a wrong way. There's a lot of people who are like, oh my God, no, medication is bad. I am I'm I'm gonna support someone regardless. There are some people that I think really do need need it for a bit, but I definitely think it's something that if you do decide to take it, don't be afraid to look at other options. Don't be afraid to look at like, okay, do I want to eventually wean myself off of this? Like, what are the long-term effects of me using it? Because I think that for me, there were certain things that I was also using it for. It made my appetite suppressed. So I was using it to lose weight and I was abusing it when I when I had it. I was, um, you know, using it to stay up super late and to get more things done. So make sure that you're using it for the right reasons. Make sure you talk to your doctor, but really check in with yourself to say, am I just leaning towards the meds because I think that's my only way out because I think I'm too difficult and I'm not going to be able to function without it? Uh, is this what my doctors are telling me? Is this what other people are telling me? You know what I mean? So just check in with yourself because there are a lot of other options, especially again, me being somebody who I consider to be very uh, ADHD. Like a lot of the things I struggle with and have struggled with my entire life, they just, they're, they're, they're there. So like if I can supplement and do it without, um, you know, taking meds, you can too. And I was on meds for like 10 years and I was able to wean myself off. So number five, change your diet, sleep, exercise, gut health, and mental health. And when I say change, that does not mean all of those things overnight. It doesn't mean the change of into perfect. It does not mean that what you're doing right now sucks. But if you do improve your diet, you will see a difference. Things like dyes and artificial flavorings and colorings, eating a lot of sugar, processed foods affect ADHD brains differently specifically even even a lot of sugar our brains are searching for dopamine constantly when you have ADHD and so if you eat more sugar your body and mind are going to want to even more so the le- and it just doesn't mean no sugar cuz believe me i eat sugar every day not processed sugar but i love and i i probably eat ice cream like at least once a week like and maybe that might for other people that might not be like oh my god I eat ice cream every day uh, but I'm just saying like I still eat those things I love making cookies I love having like protein bars that probably have like 20 or 30 grams of sugar in them so it's not avoiding it completely it's just making sure that it's not in every single meal it's like oatmeal for breakfast and fruit fruit for breakfast and then for lunch you have um a sandwich and then and then you have more bread and then you have rice and then you have you know what I mean those things can be beneficial but you again, if you know ADHD and you know yourself, you're going to realize, oh, okay, I need. Uh, for me personally, I'm going to need to cut back back on that a little bit. Not all, but a little bit. Same with exercise. 
uh, exercise is known, like moving your body and getting your endorphins up and like pumping that adrenaline is known to help with focus. It doesn't just help with mental health, it helps with focus. So people with ADHD do really well if you work out before you need to get work done, that can be really beneficial. These are the things that when you know, you can improve. Same with sleep. Sleep is important for everybody. I think sleep is way more important than people even uh, give it credit for. We're always talking about diet and exercise, but I think drinking enough water and getting the right kind of, not only the quantity of sleep, like seven to nine hours, which might sound like a lot, everybody's a little bit different, I know. But like for me, I need like nine hours of sleep, which might sound crazy, but like I get my nine hours and I function really well off of nine hours. Anything less than that doesn't make me feel good. But you get the idea. Your gut health is also a piece of it because your gut is your second brain. Mental health is really important. I could go on and on, but you get it. Um, Number six kind of goes with what I was talking about with number four. And number six is to try thesis. I think I've talked about thesis before. This is not an ad. They do not pay me, but I love them. They are a nootropic company. A nootropic is kind of like a brain supplement. And you go online, you take a quiz, and it pumps you out like the different formulas that you can take. I take energy uh, clarity, creativity, and then, um, sometimes either confidence or I get another clarity because you get four formulas and I love them. I've been taking them for probably two years, if not more, they're just a really great way to supplement the lack of focus, but you cannot just take these and think that you can just say, fuck it to your diet, sleep, exercise, gut health, and mental health, and not pay attention to anything else. This is not like Adderall or Concerta or Vyvanse where you take it. And like, it doesn't matter if you do those other things, cause it's still going to do its job. Thesis can work right away, but like the more you improve those other things, the better. Uh, Number seven is to get support from family and friends. And again, this goes back to number one. The more you know about ADHD, the more you can share so they know. Just like you want them to be patient with you, you need to be patient with them. And you also need, it doesn't mean you need to serve them everything. Like they can, especially if you're in a relationship with someone or like a roommate or a really close friend or somebody that's supporting you, them doing their due diligence to learn more about how can I literally go Google? How can I support my partner with ADHD? How can I support my daughter? How can I support my so-and-so with ADHD? And that can help that, but you knowing more and sharing information with them is going to help that. So get support from family and friends that want to support you and anybody who doesn't kick them to the curbs. Like I'm just kidding, but you know, just surround yourself with the people that actually want to support you and understand that you're not just making it up. This is a real thing. And the number eight is to surround yourself with people that get it and get you. This is a little bit different than just getting support from family and friends. When I say this last one, this is more of like following people on social media that understand ADHD that have been through the journey. Um, also you could get a coach, a mentor, um, a therapist that understands ADHD. There's so many different uh, things you like joining programs, masterclasses. It did not, it didn't have to be about like spending money necessarily, but get into circles and into spaces of people that not only have ADHD, but especially if you're an entrepreneur with ADHD and you want to learn how to be successful as an entrepreneur with ADHD, following other people who do that as well. Hi, I am right here for you. But there are plenty of other people on social media doing the same thing. Okay, so the last part is for people who've been diagnosed for a while and have a better understanding, but you still want to kind of follow these things and and you want to add a bit more to help you build that relationship with your ADHD. All the things I just shared above, you can do. I don't care how long you've had ADHD. All of those things I shared, you can do. So figure out from that list what 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 you can you know add to what you're already doing. Um, but let's get into these, these six. So number one, start, and these are kind of like next level. So these are for those people who have been diagnosed. You kind of understand it. It's not brand new for you. You're not like, Oh my God, what is this? Like, you're kind of like, I've been here before. 
So number one is start treating your ADHD as an experienced student. Someone who is new doesn't need to change everything about their diet day one. But if you've been doing this for a while, I really judge, I really, I really judge you. I really challenge you to challenge yourself. Again, this doesn't mean change, changing everything about your diet, but if you haven't really improved that many things, maybe you need to kind of take it up a notch, whether that be exercise, sleep, maybe gut health is a thing. I don't think a lot of people realize about how important it is to how your brain functions. So that could be something that could be like your focus for the week or the, or the, I would recommend definitely more than, more than a week, but you, you get the idea. Um, number two, do something that is outside your comfort zone that challenges the way you use your brain and, or using it in a different way. So maybe if you know that you really struggle with, you know, you're creative, but you can't get your creative juices flowing. Maybe you go take an art class or maybe your ADHD makes you a little bit nervous to be in new social settings because you're afraid of how you're going to be able to focus on a conversation. Maybe you go to speed dating or you take a dance class. You know what I mean? Get outside of your comfort zone to challenge yourself. This can also be like taking a course online. You don't have to go back to school, but maybe you challenge yourself to be a student again, especially if you know more about your ADHD you know, you probably know how to learn better. I highly, another book I really recommend, it's not ADHD related, but it can be really helpful in terms of learning better is Limitless by Jim Quick. He just basically talks about how the way we were taught in school to learn is pretty whack. And so he teaches you a way to learn that actually sticks. And I highly recommend it. Number three, I have not done this yet. So I just want to like put that disclaimer out there, but it is on my list. I want to do it probably in the next year or two. And that is to get a brain scan. You can check out Amen Clinics, which if you read to, or no, that's not it. Change your brain, change your life by Dr. Amen. He talks about it and his Amen Clinics like started brain scans. But if you go online and Google Amen Clinics, you can probably find a place in your area that does brain scans. These are not covered by insurance. They are not cheap. I think they range from anywhere from a thousand to $2,000. But if you have the money or you're willing to invest in it, I highly recommend it because you are going to learn about how your specific brain works and looks. And then you can um, benefit from that, especially if you get a scan from Amen Clinics one of his clinics specifically, because they give you like a brain. Think about like going to a trainer and getting like a workout plan. He gives you one for your brain. So those are, those are really great. So again, I haven't done that yet, but it's on my list, but it could be really helpful if you're somebody that, you know, wants to to put that at the forefront. Number four, start using brain games. They really, really do help. There's um, a app. There are, there's so many different apps that you can find online to do. Um, I can't, oh my gosh, I can't think of the one. I don't have my phone with me, but the, there's one that I've used for a while, uh, but you can do like 20 minute brain games. You can download random apps and just do certain things that can, uh, like little puzzles. Um, sometimes they're word recall, sometimes they're number related, sometimes they're pattern and visual related, but they can be re- a really great way to make sure that certain parts of your brain are firing. And and so it might seem silly, but they do work. And there's plenty of research that shows that they work. So those could, that could be something that's so fun. I don't know about you, but like, I love playing those kinds of games. There's lots of like regular games I like to play. I simply like playing video games for those, those reasons. They're a little bit different than brain games. But um, number five, knowing your ADHD triggers and distractions and adjusting accordingly. Do not just accept that you are stuck. So ADHD triggers and distractions, they can kind of be the same, um, but like triggers might be like a lack of sleep, not proper nutrition, um, you know, habits that aren't uh, helping you. Maybe you're kind of falling back into them. Those are going to be things that in terms of how your brain functions and that executive function 
not going to work properly if you're not feeding your body in a proper way, right? So those are going to be some kind of some of the triggers. And then distractions are more of like day to day, the things that you know are going to make it so you get distracted, that you end up procrastinating that, you know, for me, if I'm working on something, I need to be in a room away from everyone with my brown noise on YouTube playing with like, like no one can come bother me. Like I'll tell anybody that I'm with, Hey, don't come in the room. I need to focus. I can work and sit on the couch and sit next to someone while we like watch a movie or watch um, sports or something. Not probably not a movie, but like sports or something because I've just kind of, I feel like I've improved my ADHD symptoms and I've trained myself, but I know I'm not working the best. So if ever I do that, that's kind of more of my like work. That's not as important work that doesn't need to get done right away. And I kind of want to do both because I do, but if I really have something important, I have to put myself in an environment that is not going to distract me. And if I put myself into an environment that is consistently going to distract me, I am going to feel frustrated. I'm going to feel let down. I'm not going to feel good. And that is definitely not going to help me focus anymore. So you catch my drift. So you need to kind of understand these about yourselves and then, you know, go from there. And the number six is level up your education. This is again, where you can work with an ADHD or a brain coach or someone that's not necessarily like life or business, like, yes, they can be that, but somebody that's also going to help you with not like necessarily like specifically with symptoms, but how you show up to your life and your business and anything else that you do as someone who struggles with ADHD. And again, it doesn't have to necessarily be a coach specifically, but any way that you want to level up your education, whether it's taking a course online, something that is a little bit next level that is going to improve your education around your brain and around ADHD, I think will be extremely helpful. So that's all I got for you. This episode is a little bit longer than I planned, which hello, it's been a while since I've been here. So it is what it is. Hopefully this was helpful. Share this with somebody in your life that has ADHD. Maybe even share this with someone that is like your partner or your mom, your dad, somebody who you'd like to understand your ADHD a little bit better. Um, Maybe they can hear something in there that that can help them or just listen to this episode and, and then take some notes and give them some feedback about like what they can do to help support you. Cause I think communication is really key when it comes to ADHD. You can't just expect people to understand things. Like if you're in a new, somebody asked me this the other day about when it, when is the right time in a relationship to bring the fact that I have ADHD. And I think that everybody's really different for me. I would just kind of bring it up casually and see how they respond. Like if I have somebody that's going to like really judge me or not want to be with me because I have ADHD, then they definitely not. I don't want to be with them. So if I bring it up and they're like not even bothered by it, then it's no big deal. Right. But I think if the relationship gets more serious, then uh, helping them understand how you work, like time blindness, maybe you're late constantly to everything. You need to help them understand that you don't see time the same. And that doesn't mean that you get a free pass to just be late to everything, but there needs to be that communication of like, okay, when we need to be somewhere, you need to tell me, you know, and like days in advance, or I need multiple check-ins or many heads up. You know what I mean? So it's just communicating things like that. And there's a million other of these things in this category that you need to be able to communicate with someone. But guess what? You cannot communicate those things if you do not know yourself. So that's really important. So your TLAT of the week. I want you to tell me in, again, on my podcast page, reminder, it is new now. And I'm going to check because I think I, I don't know if I shared it right. The other, I think it's, it's, I just 
changed it recently because it went to my old Instagram. You, you, you know, the deal, unless this is your first time ever listening to this. My main Instagram is the tough love coach, but my podcast Instagram is XOXO YTLC podcast. You get it. You're, you're tough love coach. That's the podcast page. And that's where I do my Monday check-ins. So that's where the TLAT will be. So the TLAT of this week is if you are somebody who's listening to this and you have ADHD, because I also know when I've had this message, I think it's awesome me getting off on tangents, but Hey, that's my brain. A bunch of people have messaged me and said that they don't have ADHD, but they love listening or following me, listening to my podcast or following me because they either work with students that have ADHD or their partner has ADHD. When I get messages like that, it warms my friggin' heart because somebody's going out of their way to listen to content that does not necessarily re- like relate to them specifically, but does relate to people in their circle. And I think that that's super rad. So let's get back to it. Your TLAT is... And I'm going to do two separate ones, but one is if you have ADHD, what was something from this podcast that you either learned that was new or you're going to have be like your weekly or your monthly focus out of all the things that I shared, what is that going to be? And if you don't have ADHD and you're happy, you happen to be listening to this episode, what about this helped you help someone in your life that has ADHD? Because I imagine if you made it this far to the end of the podcast that you, you know, you obviously have somebody in your life that you care about. I highly doubt anybody who doesn't have that connection will be listening all this way. But if you are, hey, love, appreciate you. So that's it. That's all I have for you. I'm glad to be back. I am not traveling anywhere for a very, I don't think I have any plans to travel until August, the end of August. So like past summer, I'm excited to just be in Colorado and be here and live here and have fun and go on a million hikes. And oh, last thing, if you live in the Colorado area, um, specifically in like the Denver Boulder area, or even like in uh, anywhere kind of in like the ski area. Um, I'm going to be planning some hikes and doing like a once monthly, maybe even more and see how the first one goes, but maybe once or twice a month doing a hike. And then after doing like going to grab smoothies, I don't, we could probably go for drinks, but I prefer to do things not related to that. Cause I don't really, I do drink, but like not that much. So I'd rather just go for a hike and go for a smoothie. So I have probably over 50 people's emails because i shared this on my story the other day and I was blown away at how many people not only were interested, but like actually lived close. Cause I've been thinking about doing more. I haven't done them yet, but doing, um, some in-person events in Colorado, but I was like, I don't know if anybody would want to come. Like, do people in Colorado live like near here or is everybody else like on the East coast where I used to live or in Miami or in Seattle? So if you are interested, I'm going to put a form in the podcast show notes, um, for you to, to add your email and your name. And then I will be sending out. So now that I'm finally home, once I get settled, I'd probably say like after this week, I want to plan something before the end of June and we'll do a hike. And I'm going to do like a range of them. We'll probably start off with something simple, like probably not more than five miles, not anything that has crazy elevation gain. But if you live in the area and you want to go on the hike, I highly recommend filling that out so we can hang because we might have a really big group of people and you never know you can meet your new best friend, you know? So I love you. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Peace out sending you mad love xoxo your tough love coach thank you so much for listening to the xoxo your tough love coach podcast i appreciate you more than you know if you loved hanging with me i'd love for you to share the podcast to your social media or send it to a friend who might need a tough love pep talk also if you need accountability and a community that gets you i'd love to have you a part of my tough love collective this is a year open membership to vibe with me get bi-weekly group calls to get support and ask questions as well as free access to everything i offer throughout the year including master classes and events visit my website at alexisrm.com or dm me on instagram at the tough love coach to learn more see you next week